I'm Elena Landsberg-Lewis, your host of Grandmothers on the Move, the podcast that kicks old stereotypes to the curb. Come meet these creative, outrageous, authentic, adventurous, irreverent, and powerful disruptors and influencers. Grandmothers, from the living room to the courtroom, making powerful contributions in every walk of life. We know them most intimately as loving caregivers, the older women in our lives with a thousand stories about their grandchildren and pictures in their purses. In this podcast, you'll come to know even more about our grandmothers. They are galvanized, determined, and are guaranteed to get you thinking. What drives them? What are they up to? What is the potential of grandmother power and how is it changing the world? Grandmothers are on the move. You don't want to be left behind. Hi, it's Ilana. Welcome back to Grandmothers on the Move. Well, February 3rd is World Read Aloud Day, created by the innovative folks at a nonprofit called Lit World. And today I'm bringing you two interviews to talk about World Read Aloud Day. At first, I thought I was going to weave two interviews together for you. One with Dr. Karen Burke from Scholastic Books, who first got in touch with me about this initiative, and one with the most unusual guest on Grandmothers on the Move, Malcolm Mitchell, a football star, now notably a great lover of reading. More on all of this soon. But as I spoke with Karen and Malcolm, I realized that this should be a two-part episode. They're both such intense, loving, committed advocates for literacy and the love of reading and its critical importance in the lives of children. I fell in love with both of them, their work, their irrepressible passion. I've posted links to Malcolm's foundation, the Share the Magic Foundation, and to the Scholastic website for World Read Aloud Day, which has a myriad of interesting materials available to satisfy, explore, and or launch your love affair with reading aloud and the powerful impact it can and will have on you and the children in your life. I know that many, many grandmothers have been sharing and holding the precious and powerful experience of storytelling and reading aloud with their grandchildren for generations. And I hope some of you will write and share that wisdom with us. I'm sure you'll be touched and inspired by Karen and Malcolm as they share their personal experiences, their thoughtful insights, passionate commitment and compelling reflections, and sweetness about the journey to reading, the love of reading, the power of reading aloud and having a book in one's hands, and children with whom to share the transformative joy of reading. This is part two of my World Read Aloud Day podcast, where you will meet Dr. Karen Burke. Please do listen to part one, where you'll have the pleasure of hearing from Malcolm Mitchell, a profoundly genuine and irresistibly thoughtful proponent of the transformative power of literacy. This is where you'll meet Dr. Burke, a lifelong educator, now Scholastic Book Senior Exec, and a loving grandmother who has a wealth of insight and expertise to share with us. A little bit about Dr. Karen Burke before we speak to her. She's the Senior Vice President of Data Analysis and Academic Planning at Scholastic. She's been in education for over 30 years, has served students in various capacities, for 10 years as a classroom teacher, principal, federal programs coordinator, curriculum director, director of English language arts, assistant superintendent of schools in Maine. She served as a distinguished educator for the Maine State Department of Education and is an adjunct professor at Nova Southeastern University in Florida, working with graduate and doctoral students. First, let me start by welcoming you, Karen, to Grandmothers on the Move podcast. It's wonderful to have you here today. Oh, Ilana, thank you so much for having me and thank you for allowing us, Scholastic, to be a, a part of your podcast. I'm just so thrilled to be here today and to talk to you definitely as a very proud grandmother. So thank you for that <laughs> opportunity. 
Well, thank you for being here. I grew up, as I was saying earlier to you, Karen, I grew up on books and reading was a fundamental part of my life. And as a very painfully shy child, reading was both my refuge and the source of opening worlds and horizons to me, which I was going to work my way to stepping into later in life. I had a question that probably isn't the normal scholastic question. <laughs> Clearly, because of how many years you spent in education, when you first started in your career and your vocation, you were not a grandmother. And when you became a grandmother, did that change how you felt about this lifetime of commitment to learning and teaching and engaging with children? Yes, it became more heightened. I've, since grade three, I've always known I've wanted to be a teacher. And then as I went through my education, education in high school, I knew I wanted to teach teachers because there were oftentimes teachers who I didn't feel as though they always understood their students. And then I had an opportunity to be a foreign exchange student. So I spent a year in Mendoza, Argentina in the mid 60s when, you know, no iPhones, no connections. Uh, it was radio waves to connect back to families and things. So as I continued my education and my focus really on literacy and bringing education to children. I always loved working with children, no matter where. Um, I worked for the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, helping migrant workers in New Jersey learn conversational English. And even then, I knew that it was so critical and important. But I think when our granddaughter arrived, there was something else that triggered it was a passion for helping children feel that great joy for literacy and learning. And, you know, as I listened to you, I heard how important reading and literacy was. And yet so many of our children don't have those opportunities. And I think about my own granddaughter who I've created this amazing library for, and she can come in and take books and we, we spread them out all over the floor and we pick them up and we touch the books and we talk about them and we talk about the pictures and watching her connect with words. It's miraculous. You know, we're all built for language. We're all built to talk. We're all built to connect in that way. But the reading process is not natural. And for so many children, it's a mystery. It's challenging. It's hard. It's untenable sometimes. And yet, when you see that unlock, it is the most amazing and the most miraculous piece to watch that unfold. Oftentimes with our own children, you know, we're being parents. So we're having that time where we're working with them and we're helping them get through school or we're helping them get ready to go to school. And But when you're a grandmother, you have that time, that gift of the precious moments where you can connect and talk and you have nothing else to worry about but maybe sitting with that child and snuggling them and having a great time or having a special place. So it changes from teaching and learning to that wonderful emotional and social well-being of that child. And everything illuminates so differently. And, you know, people would say to me, wait until you become a grandmother. And it's so different. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, honestly, 
you can't explain that moment when that little body and you you read to that little body, you know, that you're holding in the arms or you're singing a, a nursery rhyme or you're talking about just talking in lovely language and words from those books. It does change. And it's something that's very, very precious and yet very hard to explain. It's a miraculous moment. Each time I can hug her and hold her, it's great to just read out loud and share with her and let her read to me. But it does change, Alana. It does truly, truly change. Yeah. I've said this before, that there's a kind of alchemy. I don't even know how to describe it. It's ineffable between many grandmothers and their grandchildren. And I see as a mother, I'm not yet a grandmother, that it is palpably different and reading aloud, I mean, one of the things that drew me to this conversation with you is that I was extraordinarily fortunate as a child to benefit from being read to. And the physical connection, the emotional connection, and it really instilled in me not just the love of reading, but reading aloud. And I really was drawn to have a conversation with you about reading aloud and what kind of effort and energy, because it's an extraordinary amount that you're doing around reading aloud day. But of course, we we do want every day to be reading aloud day. (laughs) Yes, we do, Ilana. Yes, perfect. Just, you know, the reading aloud, particularly, I think reading aloud is always important. It has always been important. It allows us to connect that written word with language, and it allows us to make words fun. It brings joy, and just as you said, it allows us to see ourselves in books. So those are our mirrors. It allows us to step through the book and to become a part of that book or that reading It also allows us to see the world, right? So it's a reflection, holding up that mirror to ourselves and then a window to the world. And as we we listen and read aloud, we hear that pleasure in those words. And when we're reading together, we can change our voice. We can go high or low or scary or fun or exciting or giggle. And I think all of those things bring life to what we're talking about or hearing about. So for me, particularly at this time during COVID where we're all sequestered, we have an opportunity, whether it's on Zoom or whether we can wrap that arm around that little one to share stories where we can enjoy that special moment. It's a special time like no other to make a connection. And when we read aloud, we're connecting on so many levels. We're connecting with words. We're connecting with emotion. We're connecting with feelings. So those feelings have an opportunity to be talked about, discussed. We get an opportunity to build language. And I think World Read Aloud Day brings that opportunity to heighten the importance of reading aloud by having a day that we devote. And as you said earlier, I truly believe that reading aloud is important every day, right? So reading aloud is, uh, I think, much more critical than people often want to give it. It's not only that special time, of course, for grandparents and parents. It might be that time before bed, right before that child goes to sleep, that you have a memorable moment. And so these memorable moments are indelled in their brains for a lifetime. 
And those memorable times are also times that build in those resilient pieces, those assets for children that can draw on all of those pieces. There are so many rich things that come out of it, right? It's partly theater. Yes. As you say, there are different voices that one can use in different emotions. A quote that was in all the materials from World Reading Loud Day and Scholastic, a quote from Malcolm Mitchell. At the time, I thought it was a beautiful quote, but now having spoken to him, it's infused with all of the depth that this young man brings to his own journey and reading. And he said, I know you know the quote because it's in the materials, but he says, I know from experience that the journey of becoming a reader can be very challenging, but literacy is crucial for future success. Creating opportunities for kids to immerse themselves and the read aloud experience is an important way to show that reading matters and help them experience the magic that comes with finding a meaningful story. And we're living in such challenging times. And I know that one of the things you've written about, I was reading some of the wonderful things you've written, really talk about and think about the role that reading and reading aloud can play for children in moments where even the adults cannot make sense of the world or make everything safe or understandable. I wonder if you can just help me reflect on that a bit. Oh, Alana, you know, I think literacy and literature and reading aloud and reading to ourselves allows us a way to take complex issues and to see them unfold before us as the author is sharing with us and allows us an opportunity to see it from afar and to see it as we enter that world. So we have an opportunity and particularly for our middle school students and our high school students as they're trying to make sense of their world, of to be with their peers and in a way that they've never really been with their peers before. But allowing children to connect with ideas that are not superficial, but because they're complex, that reading aloud, either together with a partner, a peer, or a grandparent, or another caring adult that may serve in that role of grandparent, allows all of the persons involved in that read aloud to do that introspection and that introspection so that they can begin to parse out or make sense of some of the just horrendous things that are happening now. You know, I'm currently reading myself a book called Resilient by Rick Hansen. And as I'm reading it, I've been reading parts of it aloud to my husband because there are so many connections And so all of these complexities that we're trying to make sense of in the world and in how we're dealing with it and our emotions run at different speeds now that could be depression or could be a sense of loneliness. And so reading aloud gives us that outreach to bring another person into our life. Well, this power of story 
can change lives. It gives us that opportunity to think differently, to think more deeply. That's the power of story. And so when we share that story, I love that you talked about the theatrical piece. We can be theatrical, right? We can say, be ready to take that next step toward being an amazing human being. Wonderful. I'm not thinking of this in terms of sort of sentimentality. <laughs> really, no, I really no. think of it in terms of like brain science and endorphins yes. and physical serotonin, physical things that are good for us, that there, there is something particular about the journey of reading that Malcolm talks about so feelingly and with such beauty that it's not always easy. And there is a way of finding your way to the pleasure and the joy and the potential and the magic of it. And when I'm thinking about reading aloud, I think of it as a privilege and a pleasure and a wonderful thing. But I don't think of it, to be perfectly honest, all the time as necessary. Yes. And yet, if I think about my own life, my children's lives, the lives of children that I have been privileged to be touched by, it actually is necessary. And it and it, yes. is, it should be a necessary part of life and not in a didactic way, but elevated to the level of the importance of reading or writing, right? Yes. And you have articulated uh, the other side, right? So we've talked about, I'll say, the art and the emotional side and the power of story for understanding and unraveling, which is the comprehension side. But when we think about reading orally and when we think about that aloud, using those words aloud, whether we read to others, my granddaughter loves to read to others as well in other classrooms. When we are reading, if we read 20 minutes a day independently, whether it's aloud or whether it's silently, that contributes to our overall academic success. And it contributes to both practicing and maintaining where we are and advancing. The MRIs are clear. When a student is reading and learning more vocabulary, there are things that light up in the brain that make connections. So that reading aloud, that working with words from the page to the oral to embedding it in our brain and, and practicing allows us to move forward in reading. We know that just 20 minutes a day can impact the way a student reads. And again, I know this this is not a data and statistics piece but uh, of what we're doing, but think about getting all kids to reading on grade level, you know, which is something we strive for all the time. And in just 20 minutes a day of oral reading and connecting with language, we can get students there. So it's more important than just the connections we're making, which are critically important with each other, but it's also spurring on that reading ability bringing vocabulary to children, spurring them on in their learning. We know the more students learn, the easier it is to learn, right? So as they gather these wonderful language, the phrases, the idioms, the just words in general, they're going to be better readers. And in being better readers, they're going to be successful academically. And so 20 minutes, just 20 20 minutes a day can impact a student's academic success for life. So you're right. It's not just pleasure. 
Yeah, it's stunning. And I want to honor, too, the many, many traditions of storytelling that are oral as well. Of course. Many, many grandmothers and great-grandmothers and great-great-grandmothers who have spent their lives in circumstances where they may not read themselves or there may not be books available, but certainly they're sharing the love of story and therefore very much the love of reading too that they pass on, even if they're not themselves reading, encoding oral traditions of storytelling too. Oh, storytelling is critical. And, you know, think about your yourself and think about uh, those around you. And I know, again, going back to my granddaughter, tell me stories, Nanny, about when I was a baby. You know, she's seven, you know. Um, and so I said, oh, well, when I first held you the first time in the hospital, and she'll go like, tell me that again, Nanny, tell me that again. So it is that oral storytelling and reading aloud all is part of that tradition. Very proud about this for, you know, one of the resources that we provide are some books that are read to students, you know, some free resources on on that website for Read Aloud Day. And one of it is that the stories are there that grandmothers can share, but they can listen to the story together and then talk about it. So I know sometimes grandparents are intimidated to read to their grandchildren. And so in this way, we can listen to a story together and then we can talk about it. So there are many opportunities for that sharing of story, but it's the sharing we come back to, I think, a time where we're doing this together that unite us in our own bonds of how do we learn empathy? How do we learn to have these wonderful relationships and what goes into relationships? Stories give us that opportunity to teach, but to teach in a natural way, to teach those kinds of things that again become part of their repertoire to be better um, people just in society. And I think that's so critical. We don't teach social emotional learning through a program. We teach it through learning um, by connecting with people and understanding people, reading about it, talking about it, hearing about it. Very, very important. And, you know, I do want to say this. I adored Audrey Hepburn and that she did a lot of work with UNICEF. And I always thought about this quote. I just, it reaches every fiber in my body. And she says, a quality education has the power to transform societies in a single generation, provide children with the protection they need from the hazards of poverty, labor exploitation, and disease, and given them the knowledge, skills, and confidence to reach their full potential. You know, we have to make a change now. We can't wait for decades. We have to do it now in this generation. And it's more urgent than ever. So when I think about World Read Aloud Day, it embodies that education that we want students to have with the joy of learning as well as the cognitive side that will propel them forward to do anything they want to do. 
And that's why Malcolm has been such a great addition to this year's Read Aloud Day because he embodies the challenges and the fulfillment of his potential and now reaching out and the wonderful opportunities that he's bringing to children and for children. I love that segue because one of the remarkable things speaking to Malcolm is his deep respect for the children too. And I liked this about World Read Aloud Day. I liked the emphasis on children also having a voice and and bringing their stories forward. And wherever they are, wherever they come from, whatever they're experiencing, that that this isn't just an overlay of the kind of old-fashioned giver and beneficiary model, a kind of old colonial model of conferring a gift of literacy, as opposed to really looking at the, the underlying systemic issues. There wasn't anything kind of charity oriented about right. it. Right. It was more about the amplification of children's voices, the amplification of the beauty and the, and the difficulty of accessing reading and books and coming together in that connection. It truly is putting the children in the center right? It's about the child and it's about supporting the child from all aspects. It's about building within that child that sense of confidence, that sense of success, that sense of self-worth. So well put, Alana, so well put. Oh, thank you. I thought that kind of othering and undignified way around illiteracy, the way it's been talked about, has always bothered me because there are many different kinds of and ways of being literate that uh, yes. uh, that doesn't in any way take away from the importance of being able to read and write and what that means. That certainly the materials you provided me from Scholastic Talks about it, which are about making these materials available in a, in a myriad of ways, particularly at a time where you can't go to bookstores. Uh, yes. And you can't go to libraries. We're not sitting in circles together reading, making those resources available, but just as a leaping off point. Well, you know, I I was in public education for over 31 years, and I've been with Scholastic for almost 17 years now. And their mission is a hundred year old mission. And that mission is helping children learn to read and love to read. And their mission has never wavered. And when I was thinking about leaving public education, there was only one other place I wanted to be, and that was with Scholastic. It is a passion. The mission, you know, has always been the same, to help children grow and to, it's always about how can we best help teachers, how can we best help children, bringing literacy to everyone. You know, we, we don't want an illiterate population. When we're illiterate, people can read, but they choose not to. We want people to still have that joy of picking up a book and finding out what's in it and what it can bring to them. It is that authenticity, I think, that drew me and has continued to keep my passion burning and keep the fire burning to bring it to all children. I couldn't think of a more perfect ending, Karen. (laughs) You've just put it so beautifully. Thank you so much for all you bring. 
Thank you. You too. And have a wonderful World Reading Aloud Day on February 3rd. Okay. And I want you to read to someone too. So I'm going to ask you to think about that. Okay. Oh, I'm on it. (laughs) All right. Beautiful. Thanks for listening. I'm Ilana Landsberg-Lewis, your host of Grandmothers on the Move. If you want to find out more about me or the podcast, go to grandmothersonthemove.com and come back next week for another episode.